Welcome back, everybody, to the Two Metal Fans Podcast. It's your host, Logan, with my forever co-host, Jordan. As always, maybe if you died, we would change it, but other than that, we won't. Actually, truthfully, I would not continue this if you weren't able to do it with me. Well, that's a pretty good job security, if you think about it that way. (laughs) True that, except for we don't get paid. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, which isn't bad. I just love hanging out and <laughs> talking music with you, you know? It yeah, just sucks. Not. Yeah, even though we can't hang out anymore. Right, right. Yeah, so if it sounds funny, it's because we're recording through Skype, which kind of sucks. <laughs> because as of April 2020, the world is on fire. From a well, virus. Yeah, from a virus. We are in a pandemic, and it is... It is terrible but it's at i don't know it's weird i'm not like hating life at the moment but it's not the most pleasant yeah for having panda in the name like pandemic you think it'd be a lot more fun than it actually is but it not it sucks a lot pandas are cool though it's got to be that emic the emic adds the badness to it you're right dude stupid emics <laughs> that sounds like a class in like a uh, <laughs> uh missed um <laughs> Yo, Logan, uh, can you help me with my Emic homework? I didn't mean class like that. I meant like a oh. character class in like a fantasy game. Oh, also that. Yes. Yo, Logan, I... can you help me craft my Emic? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about something else because that is just going to make me sad talking about pandemics. Uh, how was your week? Or, yeah, how was your last week? It's pretty good. I haven't really done much. No one has. A lot of working, a lot of Animal Crossing. Uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of guitar playing, actually. Really? The um, Archspire tab book from Sheet Happens, not a sponsor. Um, and I, I have this theory now. If I would have gotten these tabs off like Ultimate Guitar or something, like the free website, I probably would have quit playing them the day after I downloaded them because they're really hard. But now that I've spent money... I feel like I have to play them, otherwise I'm losing out on my money, you know what I mean? Oh, totally know what you mean. You can't just throw money out there and down the toilet. You have to use So, them. like, one, I'm supporting the artists because they're awesome, but two, now I have a personal investment to learn to play these songs, and I it, it's been at least an hour a day, and, like, I think I maxed out at five hours on Saturday. You spent an entire five hours just learning Archspire? Yeah, it, it's... One three-minute song. Did you finish the song? Oh, I mean, I know all the parts, and I can now play it up to 80% speed, but I just got to keep practicing until I can... There's a lot of techniques that I never got good at, because I'm like, that's stupid. Why would anyone ever want to play that? But, like, now I'm realizing if I need, if I want to bump up the speed more, I got to get better at doing these silly things. So it's a lot of, like, play this really slow, and then... Do it again and again and again. Practice makes perfect, man. Do you yeah. do any finger stretches? I don't do any finger stretches. I, I do, however, do a hand stretch. Okay. Interesting. Well, I, I guess in that I don't do any individual finger stretching. You know, I'm not like pulling a finger, but like I do pull my fingers back to stretch out like my... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you uh, give people the bird to stretch out your middle fingers? Uh, I'm doing that from now on. Thank you. (laughs) 
Expect a picture every day that I practice from now on. I will expect your finger to be at least a millimeter longer every day from stretching. <laughs> I don't know how long I can keep that up for. That would, that would with Photoshop. long fingers pretty quick. <laughs> what about you? What are you doing? Anything fun? You know, working every day except for the weekends. Thank goodness I don't have to do that. And uh, from home, I, I'll say, working from home. Um, and then lots of Animal Crossing. And lots of Red Dead Redemption. Holy moly, that game is hooking me right now. Yeah, it's on my list. If you have the time to play it, especially now with the pandemic, I highly suggest it. The beginning is a little bit slow, but it also allows you to do a lot of just open world nonsense, like hunting or anything that you want to do. But then you'll get to a point where the story is so gripping and intense, and it's just a roller coaster from there. I can tell I'm getting close to the end, though, and it's making me a little bit sad. Well, with a review like that, it's still on my list. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the most immersive game I've ever played. Really? Yeah. I I wish I had that game back in high school when I could play from like 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. every single day because I had nothing else to do. Yeah, good old days, huh? Uh, The good old days, yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's been fun. Yeah, it sounds sick. It's definitely been on my radar, but I don't have a lot of time to play when it came out. And now it's out on PC, so I'm probably just going to wait for a sale or something. But Yeah, that's fair. There'll well, probably be a play, sale soon. I'll, I'll let you know. Please do, because I would love to talk about it. Just like we were about to talk about Voyager's Colors in the Sun. Um, if anybody noticed, we didn't put out an episode last week because we recorded an entire episode. Then when we listened back to it, my voice sounded like a whisper and Jordan was screaming. So thank you, Skype Audio, for sucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is normally the dynamics in our conversations. but or, And we didn't really test it. For, yeah, we, but you know we what? Sh- We're if I learned anything in this quarantine session, it's that you got to test your audio levels. I'll always test the audio levels. So we did this time. And now if it sounds bad, I'm going to cry. Because we tested it and it sounded great. Well, it sounded okay. Yeah, I mean, we also don't have, like, good audio recording equipment. Are um, you saying my HyperX gaming headset is not good audio equipment? Um, listen, man, you're breaking up. I don't know. You okay over there? <laughs> you are dead. Um, no, okay. Voyager Colors in the Sun. We finished this March 31st, and it is a Prague album. came out in 2019. What would you think of it, Jordan? Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, the first song was really good. I think it set the stage quite good for like an album got me real pumped up and excited but i felt like it was just kind of riding that high the rest of the album it never the parts never really lived up to that first song they were all great and i really enjoyed the rest of it but that i was just riding the high of the first song the entire time and couldn't nothing could compare so you were like on a, a sledding hill where you got to that top and you were like hell yeah this is awesome and then from there on it was downhill no i wasn't it wasn't like downhill. It was like, it's like I went from the second story 
or from like the penthouse, like down two levels of like the tallest building in the world. And I just stayed there. Just plateaued. Okay. Yeah. I I kind of disagree. I mean, the first song was good, um, but I thought the back half of the album was a lot better than the first half of the album. But uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it sounded very much similar to Vola when we listened to Vola's latest album. I can't remember yeah, I the title of it. Just the style, the it's like prog rock with some metal elements here and there, but the vocals were very good. I don't always like vocals in prog, but this guy kicked butt. They were super easy to listen to. Um, I loved how positive the songs were and how catchy and just upbeat and vibrant they were. Because um, for the most part, they were just vibrant and catchy. But then every once in a while, you would just get this sprinkle of heaviness. And it was it was awesome. It was kind of refreshing. It was fun to listen to. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't love it. Um, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I'd give it a 7.75. Still um, a solid score. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. They did they did a really good job of sprinkling in that like real heavy stuff to keep it interesting, but not to be like like discouraging to bring in the heavy. It was it was always very tasteful. For sure, I would highly recommend this to anybody that's not much of a metalhead, just because I mean, it's a pretty easy to listen to album, and then it sprinkles that heaviness throughout that you might be like, after you're done listening, you're like, I might want a little bit more heavy next time. Who knows? Oh my god, is this a gateway album? It could be a gateway album. But oh my it, god. Into like progressive metal, probably. Kids, do metal. Do, <laughs> do the metal. <laughs> be the metal. Alright. Uh, yeah, so, so that... Next, we, we did AI640. And um, what's what's cool about this is... It's, so this is done by Landon, is it Tours? I believe it's Landon Tours, but it could be Tours. I think it's Tours. Okay, uh, it's there's it's a three part EP. Um, first one came out in 2015, I think, and the last yes. one just came out a, a little while ago. So we listened to, we chose to review the work as a whole, um, and that was really interesting because since it was so expansive across time periods, you could you could tell like. They got better at recording and like mixing from album to album. But what I thought was most interesting is it rem- you could tell that all of this belonged together, even though things might have been sounding differently across the albums. Um, the guitars in this thing are just wacky, dude. It's all like it's dissonance and like weird slides and noises and harmonics. Very cool in that department. Um, the vocalist can get. I, th- I don't. I don't know. Is the vocalist Landon? Yeah, the vocalist is Landon. Does he also play the guitars and stuff? I believe he does everything. Damn. Um, well, he might have a drummer come in, but he writes all of his music. Yeah, very impressive. His his vocals can get quite low. Um, they're like since it's a concept album for like this AI, he throws in this like a uh, female synth voice every once in a while. I did, that didn't do it for me, um, but everything else was insane, and the album kept that better. A female voice though, I because re- you have the robot voice, and it's then... maybe it, maybe it sounded feminine to me, but it, the robot voice is what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. Um, the albums kept getting better as they went on. Like one was good, two was better, 
three and two were kind of close, but I'm going to go ahead and say three. No. Uh, see, I even said this in my review. I said two and three are close, but I think two is better. But now I think three is better. So who knows? I, I, I gave think it an three eight. is better. You gave it an eight out of ten? I gave it an eight out of ten. The first one is a seven. The other two are an eight. Okay. Um, yeah, if those unfamiliar, Landon Tours is the vocalist of The Plot in You, a metalcore band that has kind of gotten softer over the years. But Landon as a whole has some very heavy music, like Beginning Plot in You. He also has some heavy stuff on his uh, solo work. Um, this EP, I remember listening to it for the first time in 2015, and then the second part in 2017, I think, and then the third part just came out recently. And man, like Jordan was saying, although it spans five years and came out in three different parts, it's so cohesively well put together. Um, lyrically, he tells a concept story of a robot that breaks free from captivity. Like some, they were, he was being built in a lab, who realized like that he was being built in a lab, and that's not something that should be happening and so he like breaks free and decides he wants to kill all the humans so he breaks free he assembles this other robot army by going back to where he was created finding all these robots and breaking them free but throughout his whole journey in the ep he has these ethical debates on what if what he is doing is right or wrong he believes that all gods are murderers so if he wants to be a god he has to murder but then when he has goes up to like a little girl and had to kill her he feels bad about it and remorse and the whole album is like that so it story-wise it's incredible and then musically every single song it, to my opinion feels different like a chapter in a book and so this ep is like um a book with three parts and then like a few chapters with each part which are the songs i think there's only like four songs per ep and they're only like around 15 minutes a piece if even um, he gets disgustingly, disgustingly low with his vocals sometimes. They have just weird type of heavy music th throughout weird time signatures. It's almost a genty at times, and then other times it's just like doom metal, stupidly slow. Like it's there's a lot going on with this, and I highly recommend listening to it front to back. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go check out those lyrics now that you mentioned that. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, I I gave it. I think this is like a, just a really really good piece of musical work because it brings this very thought out, well thought out, in depth concept. Puts music that fits in well and also is just great to hear. To where you could read this as a book almost, or listen to it as a music separately. They're both good. Put them together, they're amazing. I gave it a nine point six out of ten. I just think it's a well put together concept album. Nice. <clears throat> Well, now after I just talked a lot. <laughs> so yeah, Wait, what, is, the, what? What is what is metalcore? What does it even mean? <laughs> How is that different from metal? What is prog? What is gent? I don't know. What These is glam metal? Because <laughs> I really don't know that one. <laughs> uh, yes, that brings us to the topic of the day music genres more importantly subgenres of metal there's a buttload and i'm talking a buttload i went on google and i looked it up and they gave me this list where half of them i was like what 
but the other half I was like, oh yeah, I've listened to that before. <laughs> and I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think buttload is the technical term. Oh yes. Okay, that's what I thought. It's imagine a truck full of butts. How much that weighs is how many there were of this. That doesn't make sense, but <laughs> you, you had it. You had it for like a second, and then you lost it, my friend. I did. Okay, a truck full of butts is what we got for you coming at you to your ear holes right now. Uh, yeah. So, what is what is metal music, um, Jordan? From a musician standpoint, what is metal music? What is the difference between metal and rock, or metal and pop? You don't have to go that in depth, but generally. You know, I think in this case, this is where something music, like some music theory, would really help. But I don't know music theory yet. Um, but it's quite easy to tell how metal differs from pop. But some subgenres of metal border quite close to some subgenres of rock. And that that line some people could say is completely subjective. Um, but I would say on general, metal introduces harsh vocals, lower range instruments, and a a heavier overall mix. When you listen to a metal song, it's going to sound heavier than a rock song. Okay. I like how you said heavier and you didn't say like, like, cause there's some metal that sounds very rough and, but some sounds very polished. So you can't really put that. No, I agree, I agree with you a hundred percent. What defines heavy could be a whole other episode alone. So true. Do you think that a, a band or a group that came in and played music to the same style of heaviness as metal music but only used electronic elements or synths or non-instruments would that be considered metal like i said this could be a whole topic for another video (laughs) um i will say though there is a youtuber by the name of rob scallon he took a he found in chicago there's a church with a really nice organ And this particular organ has MIDI input. So he took a song. I forget who it was by. I remembered last week when I watched it. (laughs) I don't remember what you said. Dang. Some metal band. And he, he took the MIDI for that and played it through an organ. And, like, had each division of the organ playing different things. So he had, like, the strings, the the brass, the everything. And it kind of sounded like like a box song, not a metal song. So that's an interesting topic. Um, I don't know about electronics. I know there are a lot of metal bands who like to infuse electronics, but I don't know. Like if you're t- if you're if you're playing Meshuggah on a synth, I'm not gonna. I don't know if that's metal. I I I don't know either. I would want I want to say it's not, but I don't know if I've ever actually listened to a fully like electronic or synth. Uh, metal you know and maybe we've just discovered the next hot fire of metal <laughs> subgenre of metal let's start let's start making some riffs with our keyboards man <laughs> but yeah we're going to talk about the subgenres of metal um 
kind of what makes them a little bit different than just saying metal or different from each other. Why having subgenres is both good and bad. Uh, the first one that I have on my list is death metal. And death metal is, in my opinion, <laughs> it's a heavier metal. No, it's lower tunage than like your normal metal. It's going to have basically nothing but growl vocals or very low screaming vocals for the most part. And the t overall um, theme for the music is going to be dark, death, things that are probably not going to be in a pop song for the most part. <laughs> what, what, what about you? What, what is it comes to mind when someone says death metal to you? So I, I kind of think death metal is still kind of like a, a blanket term. Not as much of a blanket term as heavy metal, because I think everything we're going to talk about is heavy metal. A lot of the things we're going to talk about are death metal. But I think your description of things that fall under death metal is pretty accurate to what I would say. You got the lower, usually lower tuned instruments. If I hear singing, I'm going to feel very wrong putting it into death metal. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where I would make the distinctions. Like if, I, if I'm building like a, like a flow chart or like a, one of those like start here, answer a question, yes or no, to figure out what genre this is, I think death metal might be layer one deep and singing might be the, the cutoff factor. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, next on the list, thrash metal, which I'm not going to lie. I don't listen to a ton of thrash metal, but I highly respect the bands that come from thrash metal. Bands like Slayer or early Metallica, I would consider those thrash metal. Um, what about you? Yeah, I don't really listen to a lot of thrash metal either. But thrash metal doesn't have to be heavy, necessarily. It's just got to be fast. Yes, very uh, fast. So, like, as long as you're playing something fast and you're using lots of distortion, it's probably thrash metal. Doesn't it really, there doesn't really have to be lots of solos, but, like, you can still solo on thrash. But as long as it's fast... <laughs> Yeah, to me, thrash metal is when you have, like, three headbangs per two seconds, at least minimum. Ooh, throwing math in here. You have to have more headbang per second ratio for it to be thrash metal. I'm you know what? If, if I'm headbanging to a thrash song, I'm just violently shaking my head. There's no Basically, room. yeah. You're just if, kind of throwing you just your hair. Arms out and just shake violently? Probably thrash. <laughs> or no, thrash Hard to tell. Thrash metal, I think, is one of the very... I can't, I, actually, I wasn't around. But I would say it's one of the earlier popular subgenres of metal. It has some of the biggest metal bands, at least most popular mainstream, in thrash metal. Would you agree? I wouldn't disagree. Um, but I can't say fact, 
factually, you know? Oh, yeah. Nothing I say is factual. Most of it is bullshit. Good to know. <laughs> All right. Black metal, which, again, I don't listen to much black metal. Uh, I think the only black metal band I can think of, and I, they might not even be truly black metal, would be Behemoth. Um, but it's a it's not like death metal where you're gonna for sure have growls. I well, eh, you could you could. I, I'm I'm struggling. All I'm gonna say about black metal is that the themes are gonna be a lot more cult like and satanic than other genres of metal. People are gonna dress up more so with like the black and white face paint. Uh, they're gonna be sacrificing shit on stage, and the music is gonna be. A bit more ambience, but also death. Like I don't know. It's hard. I can't explain it musically. Could you do a little better job with that for me? So when I think black metal, I just get whisked away to the the snowy forest of Scandinavia, and then there's just a big empty cave in front of me, and all of a sudden, all of my clothes are black, and I have chains all around me. My my face is kind of I kind of look like a like I belong in the band Kiss, but like I'm like the unloved stepchild, <laughs> and I just go into this cave and I find a guitar, and I just I strum as fast as I can playing playing some chords, and then I just start shrieking, and like some animals come for sacrifice, and like I put my arms to my side and make this like really weird thing with my fingers, and I just like shriek. That's black metal. <laughs> And then my bandmates are in the cave like five miles down the road recording me. Because it kind of sounds like they were recording in like the other room when you listen to black or when you listen to black metal. <laughs> and um, that's about as stereotypical as I can get. Um, but really black metal is just I would just say it's shrieking vocals um, fast, like strumming really fast but not necessarily playing fast. And I would say a lot of the songs are more ambient or atmospheric and like the melodies. Yeah. Wow. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> you can have them back. <laughs> no, I think you did great with the imagery to that's, I agree wholeheartedly of what you just said. Um, but again, yeah, I don't listen to much black metal, so I don't have much to compare it to. Uh, going down the list, there's a lot that I don't really want to talk about because I either don't think it's as popular or as prominent, or I don't know enough about it. But let's just give like an honorable mention shout out, and then we can move on to the the ones we want to discuss. Yeah, so power metal, which is very similar to thrash metal in my opinion. Um, I thought we weren't talking about it. We're just gonna. <laughs> they wanted me to shout it out. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, you're right. Power metal, doom metal, and grindcore. We're all on the list. Don't have much to say about them. But we'll move on to heavy metal. There's metal, and then there's heavy metal. And what is the difference? You know, Honestly, I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say they're synonymous. They're the same thing. They're the same thing. So any heavy metal band is a metal band, and any metal band is a heavy metal band? Yes, I think that may not have been true in the early days of metal. Like maybe when Black Sabbath was just on the scene, maybe that wasn't the same thing. But 
in the modern metal world, I'm just going to say metal's the lazy version of heavy metal. They're both blanket terms that describe all any any of the stuff we're talking about tonight. Okay. Interesting. Like so, if, if, you're t- if you say this is a heavy metal band, or if you say this is a metal band, I don't calibrate my mind any differently, depending on what you say. Now, if you say, like, this is black metal, I'm like, okay, I understand. But metal and heavy metal mean the same thing to me. I, that's, that's interesting. What about a band that, I guess, because Kiss, Kiss was technically a metal band, correct? Maybe I, don't, I wouldn't think they were ever a heavy metal band. I mean, maybe when Kiss first came out, they were heavy metal. That's what I mean. Like, modern, modern days, it doesn't mean any different. Okay. I call Kiss classic rock now. <laughs> I would definitely call. I would call Kiss pop music now. Classic rock <laughs> is, is a good fit for him. But even like, uh, even like Judas Priest, right? They probably were considered heavy metal when they came out. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd consider them classic rock. But I would say they're metal, but definitely not heavy metal. Yeah, see, I it's the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a little bit of a. A difference there. I, there are some bands that are I think fall under metal that won't fall under heavy metal, but that line is so thin and hazy that it's it's I don't don't need to talk about it really, even though we just did. <laughs> but it's not something that if you see like if you go to like a record store and something says metal and then there's a different genre that's heavy metal, I would be confused. I wouldn't know where to look. I would look at both of them. You know? Yeah, I I know. So, metalcore. This is it could be one of the more controversial, or hated, or looked down upon genres of metal, and I completely understand why. But I love it. I absolutely love metalcore. To me, metalcore is screaming. Whether it's it could be any type of screaming, low growls, fries high screaming it has singing it has yelling it, it has any type of vocal implementation of metal and then it has it has to have breakdowns it has to have chugging and it has to have lyrics that are kind of both i was in love once fuck you slash fuck the system slash positivity do you know what i mean like kind of emotional lyrics Metalcore lyrics and themes aren't going to usually be all that dark, but it's going to be an emotional subject of that person's life. Would you Would you agree in that sense? Before I answer, I need you to answer this. Would first two albums of Asking Alexandria be metalcore? When they came out, no. But in today's metalcore, yes. Does that what make sense? Have, what would you have called it when they came out? Post-hardcore. I would have. But that's also... That's something we I, I was going to talk about later. Okay, but well... Post, post-hardcore is a weird genre to me. The reason I ask is... I would consider that metalcore. And... I, I consider it metalcore now as well. Which just goes to show, like, everything we're talking about tonight is complete bullshit. And it doesn't really matter. It just gives metal people things to argue about while they're waiting for their bands to come on at concerts. But, <laughs> like, when I think metalcore, 
I think mostly, mostly simplish guitar riffs, um, tons of chugging, at least one breakdown per song. Well, okay. On if you, if you take an album that's metalcore, on average there's one breakdown per song. Maybe some songs have three and other songs have zero, but it works out to about a one per song average. Um, singing in the choruses usually, screaming in the verses, and a lot of octave playing on the guitar parts. Like they'll be playing one note, but they'll double it up with an octave to make it sound bigger. Okay. Now there's some outliers like August Burns Red, who they are much more technical in their playing, but I would still kind of consider them metalcore, but they're on the, the far edge. They might bleed into some other genres. Yes. I have three bands written down for metalcore. Um, August Burns Red, which you just mentioned. Currents, which to me is definitely fallen in the mainstream metalcore of like the almost cookie cutter but i think they do things just just different enough to stand out and then the devil wears prada who was one of the early 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 bands of metalcore and has completely adapted through their like 20 plus year career and maybe 20 plus years i don't know they've been a while a long uh, around a while to they're no longer metalcore, but they're still beloved in that community. No, it's interesting because I don't think Kurtz and Early Asking Alexandria have a lot in common. They but I don't know. know. I don't know where else to put them. I know metalcore is a very, very open genre. A lot of bands fit in. A lot of bands don't fit in. A lot of bands have one album that fits in, and then others that don't. Maybe metalcore is another semi blanket. Maybe it's a an intermediate step towards a more final subgenre. It could be. I do say a lot of bands are progressive metalcore, um, which <laughs> that's just adding two subgenre words into one. And you know what? August Burns Red and Currents, I would consider them progressive metalcore. Yeah, they Not have progressive yeah, elements to their music. Um, Devil Wears Prada, though, they're, they're that outlier because they have parts of their songs that are at least older songs that are deathcore ish then they have music now that's very ambient but it's still metalcore at its at its core it is metalcore but it just sounds a lot different it's weird yeah i know exactly what you mean and it's weird <laughs> but I, I, but all of those bands do those things where they have the chugs they have the breakdowns and the vocals are very emotional that that's what i believe is the other core aspects maybe the chugs can kind of come and go i don't think prada uses chugs very much anymore but those three bands are all on different spectrums of metalcore but they all fit under it that's all i can say so the next one on the list is Probably your favorite, progressive metal. You want to take it away from here? Yeah, this one's hard. Yeah, um, this one also is very expansive. <laughs> and maybe it's just because I don't know 
the names of some of the smaller subgenres that these bands would be better fits for. But if I think prog metal, there is about there's a, there's a couple things that you have to check off, and then there's a a whole list of optional things that fit in. So at its core, progressive metal makes heavy use of interesting music theory. You're not just playing simple power chords. Your chords are spicy. Your transitions are well thought out. It doesn't just sound good, because sometimes it can sound pretty jarring, but it's always purposeful, and it's always thought out. Um, the vocals don't have to be well-defined singing or screaming purely, um, but mostly extended ranged instruments will be used or at least non-standard tunings and a lot of the times these works are concepts either in the musicality or the lyrics sometimes both now going on from there you could say the playing is more technical doesn't have to be though you could have some very simple like i don't want to say leprous is simple but a lot of leprous's riffs aren't fast or they're not like complicated it's just they're well thought out and they're not playing like standard notes you look at something like haken haken has a lot of interesting rhythmic variations on their sound they have a lot of weird time signatures then you look at something like between the bear to me and they're just like so many notes well-placed they have a lot of breakdowns like it's a wide genre for sure yeah i agree i mean i don't think vocals matter at all to like there's not a certain type of vocal in the genre bands use everything when i think of progressive metal i think like you said things that have to do with music theory that the bands implement that in their music i think it progressive metal is going to be more complex musically than other forms of metal i think that like well just like you said there's a lot of concepts and i think almost everything is a concept whether it's the story the music um there's some type of narrative to the progressive metal almost all the time but i also think progressive metal is circular where a lot of the times when i listen to progressive metal and you, you mention this all the time. You, you'll hear a, a part of a song at the beginning of the album, and then that same part will be played again later on in the album with slight tweaks to it to sound just different, but you still can put two and two together like it felt like that back part, and it makes the album feel circular in a sense, that it's very cohesive, it's all meant to be together and in other forms of metal especially metalcore i feel like if you listen to an metalcore you don't need to listen to albums front to back all the time there are some but not that many because the songs are just kind of their own singular entities when it comes to progressive metal i rarely ever think songs are singular entities they all fit in an album and they all fit together in this one big cohesive concept and that to me is what progressive metal is yeah, that's what I tried. That's what I tried to hint at when I said like, 
it's a concept, not necessarily in lyrics, but in, in like the music. There's, there's a lot of callbacks to earlier, like, um, riffs, if you will. Like, a, a great example of this, the Parallax 2 by Between the Beard and Me, the final song on that album is just segments of every other song on that album. You mean the second to final song on that album? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I always listen to the last two songs together. Yes. Another another point for what you were talking about. But um, they're all just segments of previous songs. Either completely, they sound completely different where you can't really tell it's the same. Or you're like, wow, that sounds just like the other song. And I think that's so cool. It makes putting out singles for progressive metal kind of hard. Because, like, one song isn't indicative of how the entire album sounds. But I, th- I think I think we got a pretty good picture of prog metal. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think prog metal is it's one of my favorite styles of metal to listen to. But it's also one of the hardest to get into. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't, I don't think you start with prog metal. No, I don't. I rarely ever think you would start with prog metal. You would start with other forms of metal first and make your way there. But it's still interesting because the bands you mentioned are so different than a lot a lot of the prog metal that I listen to. Because you were mentioning Haken, which I found out that it's pronounced Haken, like that's their pronunciation of yeah, it. Yeah, Haken. I've always thought it was Haken, but it's Haken. Leprous between the bear to me. But then that's a good style of progressive metal. But I'm a bigger fan of the periphery, the Veil of Maya, the more, I would say, heavy metal slash metal core-ish progressive metal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would consider them gent, though. Gent, yeah. I mean, that's another one we'll talk about in a bit. So yeah, gent. But still, that all falls under progressive metal. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Now, industrial metal. <laughs> I don't listen to much industrial metal. I know for a fact that you don't listen to industrial metal. There is one song by one band that I think is so good and I will go hard for, but it's only one song. <laughs> but it's oh, Duhast. Duhast? Yeah, by, I think it's Rammstein. Yeah. Rammstein. yeah. Other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't touch the genre. Yeah, it's a very popular genre. I feel like those, well, certain artists, I should say, very popular artists in that genre, Marilyn Manson, Rammstein, and maybe even Nine Inch Nails you could throw in there. And those are some humongous artists. But um, what makes industrial metal? To me, it's kind of, it's a showman's metal in a sense. Um it's something where the live show is going to be the focal point rather than the production pro, uh, produced music. It's going to incorporate like fire and <clears throat> I don't, I can't put this into words, but if you ever watch like a Marilyn Manson or Rammstein like set, they just go nuts. They have drums and stuff made out of weird metallic things like, uh, barrels and whatnot, gasoline barrels. It's just like a weird, amped up, dark showman's version of metal. 
Did any of that make sense? Yeah, I think I would just add that there's probably a lot more electronic influence in industrial metal than a lot of other forms of metal. Like, um, since like when when if when I think of an industrial metal concert, I almost kind of think like a it has some rave aspects to it, like some flashy lights, but also has some like other theatrical metal stuff, like you said, like the pyrotechnics and stuff like that. Okay. But I also think it's more meant to be to be heard live than on a record. Yeah, I would agree. I do love some Marilyn Manson from time to time, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, some shout-outs to some subgenres. Glam metal. <laughs> never, never listened to glam metal. Gothic metal. Folk metal and speed metal. Again, speed metal is, to, in my opinion, is synonymous with power and thrash metal. I could be wrong, and please tell me the differences, but I, I don't hear or know the differences in that. And that's why they're honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, this one should technically be an honorable mention because we don't listen to it, but there's one band that's um, labeled under it, Groove Metal. Um, when you say groove metal, I don't really know what to think except for metal that's groovy. Uh, but like when you say groovy, I just think of like 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 hippies, and that's that's not the kind. That's of That's not true. It's it's a it's like it's not groovy. It's just when a song has a good groove to it. I don't even know what that means. It, it's a it's like this feeling that you have as you listen to it. I don't know. It's very easy to listen to something that has a good groove, in my opinion, and very easy to move to. But a band that was labeled under groove metal is Pantera. They're huge. They're an incredible metal band, one of the best. Yeah, and I think if you want a definition of what groove metal is, just listen to them. Just listen to Pantera. <laughs> I mean, Walk, iconic riff. It's groovy. It is groovy. Domination grooves the entire time multiple riffs but i mean like pantera is the poster child of group of groove metal and i can't name a single other band that fits into it same i'm in the exact same boat so i can't explain to you what groove metal is jordan can't explain to you what groove metal is listen to pantera and you'll know what groove metal is <laughs> <laughs> all right another one of my favorite subgenres of metal deathcore but what's the difference between deathcore and death metal? Um, I don't know. To me, deathcore. Well, I'm gonna actually compare deathcore to metalcore because they're kind of very similar. Metalcore, like we said, has singing choruses for, for the most part, uh, growls and screams on other parts of the songs. But deathcore is gonna be screaming, growling the entire song. The tuning is going to be lower they're going to play i think i don't know i feel like there's death chord bands that play fast and there's some that play slow but overall it's just going to be a lower experience with <laughs> with themes that are going to be a lot darker than metalcore when metalcore is an emotional style of metal I think deathcore focuses more on concepts and death, and the concept of death, and their and their music. What about what do you think, Jay? 
I think death metal is more for the low and for the heavy. Where death core can bring in some interesting or faster guitar playing. Like if, if, if I think, if I'm really thinking of a difference, I think I would start categorizing bands in death metal if they play extended range guitars at a slow tempo where you're just like making a weird face because it's so low. <laughs> but death core is when I, you know, you don't have to play slow. You might, you're probably playing extended range or lower tuned instruments, but like you're free to riff and solo and, you know, do whatever you want in there. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Yeah. I some shout outs to Deathcore. I mean, the Acacia Strain, Deathcore, Thy Art is Murder, Deathcore. Um Fit for an Autopsy, Deathcore. Whitechapel, Deathcore. When I think Deathcore, my standout band is Rivers of Nile. Neil? Yeah, I don't hill? know how to pronounce it. Rivers in the Hill. I think they walk a line between Prague and Deathcore, but I would consider them Deathcore. I would consider them progressive Deathcore. <laughs> oh my god, even go. It's just an adjective game. You just it gotta take the right adjective and the right subgenre, and you make new ones. It's true. Um, and I'm gonna continue this because there's also melodic Deathcore. <laughs> and I love melodic Deathcore a little bit more than I love regular Deathcore. Um, what is melodic deathcore? I believe melodic deathcore is deathcore, but you add ele- like mm, you, it's going to be a little bit groovier, a little bit more. There'll be more melody to it. It'll be e- a little bit easier to listen to. It f- it'll flow smoother than regular deathcore, and they will implement singing, or they can implement singing, or if it's not singing, it's going to be kind of like ambient yelling in the vocals so two bands i mentioned that are deathcore Whitechapel and fit for an autopsy have both recently put out albums that i believe move on from deathcore and are now melodic deathcore because they change the vocals to have more ambient yelling slash singing and the songs in the albums and albums as a whole are much more groovy and much more easier to listen to i mean I don't have much more. I don't have anything else to say than that. But Jordan, do you have anything to add to that melodic death metal versus deathcore or melodic deathcore versus deathcore? Not really. I think you did a good job of explaining it. And I think White Cha- Whitechapel's newest album is my baseline for that subgenre. Yeah, the Valley. Whitechapel's the Valley. Incredible album. Um, I like Whitechapel as a band I wasn't the biggest fan of them until the valley but if they keep putting out music like that I will always listen to Whitechapel so another good subgenre symphonic metal and this one's weird again Jordan you want to explain what the hell symphonic metal is I sure can try (laughs) Um, to be honest I really only know one band that kind of fits this and it'd be flesh god apocalypse but when i think symphonic metal i really just think like maybe the instrument playing 
of like some deathcore, but like operatic singing. You're also bringing in some like other non-metal instruments, maybe something borrowing from like the classical realm. But it's really like like if the Phantom of the Opera was like into death metal, their child would be symphonic metal. Damn, I mean, that's a pretty good way to put it. I don't really listen to much symphonic metal. The Flesh God Apocalypse album that we listened to was incredible. But yeah, just, like, I would assume it's just metal with <laughs> a symphony behind it. So the types of instruments you'll find in a symphony, how they're usually, like, I don't know, st- strings and brass and things like that, but heightened to f- feel very powerful. Add that in your metal song, you have symphonic metal. Such symphony, much metal. <laughs> All right, some shout outs to alternative metal, drone metal, what the hell is that? Sludge metal and stoner metal. <laughs> Again, don't quite listen to any of those genres, at least I don't think I do, but they were on the list, so we have to name them. You know, I think drone metal, they're talking about like a note that's played out and ringing for an extremely long period of time. But I, what I like to imagine is they have like actual drones. <laughs> like they're maybe they're like fighting. It's like, it's like taking a camera to like a drone racing league, but instead of racing, they're like fighting in like a, like an octagon. And like, this is the music that they walk up to. Drone metal. That sounds like something I want to listen to. So sure, sure. Hope it is. So actually, that was the end of the list I found on Google. Thank you, Google. You are a great servant of mine. But I added four other subgenres that I believe are metal or could be metal. And first is the one we mentioned earlier, post-hardcore. This one's weird to me because I would think that early Asking Alexandria, early Bless the Fall bands like that and that style of music would be post-hardcore but now they're considered metalcore and i kind of consider them metalcore now back then i didn't but looking at bands that are post-hardcore like under oath things like that they don't sound anything like early asking alexandria and bless the fall post-hardcore is kind of also silverstein are bands that sing a lot have very catchy, almost poppy songs, but they might have some uh, heavier elements, and that's why I believe they can part be metal. I mean, it has hardcore in the name, so you have to have some type of heaviness to that, right? In my opinion, post-hardcore and metalcore could almost be synonymous. The difference is that post-hardcore is going to be more singing, it's going to be catchier, it's going to be poppier. Metalcore is going to be more screaming it's going to be heavier and it's going to be focused a lot more on the musicianship than than the choruses and whatnot <sighs> do you have anything to say on post-hardcore no i think your description of that's spot on but i think maybe early asking alexandria and bless the fall might might fit into like i don't know scene metal <laughs> can, can i make that up right now Go for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands. 
especially from that scene metal days, what the what, that would have been the 2010s, like early 2010s metal core. I think that a lot of them fall in post hardcore. They could. It's it's a weird fine line. Every genre is a Venn diagram of other subgenres. <laughs> exactly. So, speaking of that, gent. We've mentioned Gent 182 times in the podcast so far, and I'm so sorry for those of you that have been confused the entire time. Should have mentioned or explained ourselves a little bit better when we did. Um, but I mean, if they're confused before, this is just going to make them even more confused, but we got to try. But yeah, Jordan, you are a lot more knowledgeable on what Gent is, so take it away, my friend. So, Gent is... A word that describes a sound. There's a word for this. Uh, starts with an O. I don't know how to pronounce it. Do you know what it is, Logan? Oh, a monopia? Whatever that one is, it describes the sound a, a guitar makes when you play notes that define the subgenre. It makes like a gent sound. It's spelled with a D. It's D-J-E-N-T, but the D is silent. Um, and really, when I think gent, I think music that is driven by guitars riffs, where a lot of the times they're doing lots of bends and slides and harmonics. And it's just like this low, very low, very compressed, tight guitar tone. Gent is completely controlled by the tone of the guitar. Wow, you put that really well. I was going to say that you'll know it's gent when you listen to it. The time signatures are all wacky, and you don't really understand what's going on, but it's, but it feels really good. I think you can gent in 4-4, but a lot of the bands that are good at genting are also good at other time signatures. I don't think weird time signatures are a defining factor of gent. Okay, okay. What would... What are some bands that you would throw under the gent category so someone that's still confused can go listen to? Well, see, now here's the thing. A lot of these bands are mostly gent and other times aren't gent, but I think maybe that's all just gent. <laughs> gent is a flavor, so you don't want all of your food to taste the same. You want different flavors, but gent's such a good flavor, it's very common amongst these bands. Yeah, so I would say periphery. Veil of Maya and Tesseract would probably be pretty safe genders. Periphery, Veil of Maya, Tesseract. It's funny, Periphery and Veil of Maya are very similar. Tesseract is very, very different, yet they all are gent. I was going to throw out Mashuga, Viljarta, and After the Burial. Metal subgenres are so dumb. <laughs> While I understand why you said all three of those bands, I think all three of them don't fit in Gent, and all three of them kind of belong in their own separate subgenres. What? Oh my goodness. Metal, dude, subgenres are so dumb. But I, I see why you said that. And I, it's not that I don't disagree, I just think they're better categorized elsewhere. I don't know, man. I think Viljarta might be the gentiest band I've ever listened to. They are they are pretty gent. Okay, that's 
but yeah, no, I, I agree with all the bands you mentioned. It's, it is my favorite type of progressive metal because I would say if you're gent, you are on that line of progressive metal, and that's my style of progressive metal is that gent. I, I love it. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a very potent subgenre. So, I've yet to mention my favorite band. Where do they fall in all of this? Avenged Sevenfold. Well. Can I guess? Yeah, I guess. I don't even know if I have an answer. I'm gonna say dad metal. Dad metal? What the hell is dad metal? Like D-A-D? Dodd metal. (laughs) Do Do you agree or disagree? I agree, but I don't know what dad metal is. But I, 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 I don't know how to say what dad metal is, but I know what it sounds like. And I think Avenged Sevenfold does fall into it for some of their music, but I also think a lot of their music doesn't. Yeah. If you want to listen to Hail to the King, that is dad metal through and through, every inch of it, generic dad metal. But when you listen to albums like The Stage... That's progressive dad metal. <laughs> or if you listen to Nightmare, Nightmare isn't quite as dad metal-y. I don't know what it would be, though. It's kind of just metal to me. Melodic dad metal. Melodic dad metal, yeah. Um, and then you've got, uh, then you have the self-titled album. That's going to fall under the post-hardcore dad metal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, bands like... Avenged Sevenfold, Bullet for My Valentine, Breaking Benjamin, Shine Down, Disturbed. I feel like all those can be dad metal. I agree with everything but Disturbed. You don't think Disturbed is dad metal? Do you think Disturbed is the next one on the list? Which if the is next one on the list is new metal. It is. Yeah, that's right. But Disturbed. Okay. Well, what's Okay, let's can, let's finish dad metal because I don't think we've explained anything. Dad metal is the type of metal that's going to be found on the radio. It's going to be something that your dad probably either listens to or has listened to, and it's metal where the vocals are going to be mostly singing or yelling, not really screaming, and. It's typically going to be very easy to listen to compared to other forms of metal. Groovier, simpler dad metal. (laughs) That's all I got to say. I would say dad metal is probably going to the most likely subgenre of metal to be played in big arenas. Yeah. And found on the radio. Yeah, I mean... And maybe we just say that it's dad metal because dads listen to it because it's the metal that's like accessible. But I don't know what other genre to put in it other than just metal. Um, alternative metal, maybe. But I don't know. It's a pretty good subgenre. I like it. Okay. New metal, though. What, what's a new metal? I agree that Disturbed is new metal. What other bands would fit under new metal? Corn. Corn. Okay, yeah. I would say Slipknot. Yep. 
Those are the three that I was going to say. Okay, well, what is what is new metal then? Don't ask me these hard questions, Logan. It's like it's like those. It's like an ethical question <laughs> that has no answer. I feel like I'm taking a uh, an auditory Rorschach test. <laughs> Dude, um, I can't say that word, Rorschach. I literally can't say it. You did a pretty good job. I'll give it a Rorsch- second. Rorschach. Rorschach. I can't. Okay, you're losing some, the For some reason, when I do R's, like R-O, it just doesn't work very well. I would but, say new metal is a little weird. Um, I think it has industrial influences. Um, and I don't really know how else to describe it. I feel like new metal is the uh, prude industrial metal. Interesting, because I would not consider Slipknot, Corn, nor Disturbed prude at all. Okay, they're not prude, but compared to Marilyn Manson and Rammstein, okay, maybe, maybe you raise a debatable point. Okay, that's some, that's another thing we could talk about later. I just think it's a more accessible. I don't know. It's not softer. I don't know. What, it's just a it's just a branch of industrial metal in a sense. <laughs> I'm getting hard. I'm getting lost in all of this, but I love it. All right, all right. We're not getting anywhere there. Last subgenre that I have written down. It's one that you mentioned. Technical death metal. Tech death. Not yeah, tech deck. Not the little skateboards you do with your fingers, but tech death. I mean, that's those are pretty metal, though. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm tech death. State tech, dude. You say state tech? No, stay. Oh, stay tech. <laughs> what, what's tech death? You know, we already, we already said death metal. It's a, it's, a, said, uh, it's a subgenre of metal, dude. Everything <laughs> we say now doesn't really matter. It is. But it's... if I had to describe it, I would honestly take death metal and mix it with thrash metal. Because when I think tech death, I think playing, pushing the boundaries of metal to what is possible. Like uh, the, a really good tech death band is Archspire. And you look listen to any interviews, especially about the drummer, like the way they play things is extremely important. Every single note where their picks at, what fingers they're using, like the drummer, how many hits per hand is he doing on a blast beat is done on for the purpose of making the song as fast as possible. They're pushing the limits of how fast they can play and how long they can play just because they can. And I think tech death is best described by pushing the boundaries of what is possible in metal music. Wow. That was some good information. I agree wholeheartedly. It's extremely fast, extremely complex. Um, Arch Spire, Infant Annihilator, um, 
Brand of Sacrifice. Those are the bands that come to my mind when I think Tech Death. Yeah, agreed. Rings of Saturn. Yeah, just like very, very fast, very technical uh, Tech Death music. But, and this is a big but, that is our list of metal subgenres. I'm going to throw a curveball at you right now because I didn't talk about this beforehand. What are your top three subgenres of metal music right now? Right now? Right now. Progressive metal? Tech death? Gent. Interesting. Okay. okay. I don't know if I'm going to agree with that in five minutes, but that's right now. <laughs> Mine would be metalcore. Progressive metal and deathcore. I love my cores, <laughs> dude. You're metal to the core, to the core. Okay, but we just went on a huge hour-long rant about what the all about all these different subgenres, what they sound like, bands, yada yada yada. Poo. Why are we even talking about subgenres? What's the point? What's the good things that can come out of being labeled under a subgenre. I think the most obvious is like think back to like music store days where there was no Spotify and no like YouTube. If you wanted to go buy a an album by a band, personally, I would go down the list and look for that for fans of sticker. Or like what label they were put under so like if i picked up an album by someone i've never heard and it's like four fans of gent or four fans of these bands i'm like oh my god i think i'm gonna like it yeah i agree i think being labeled under a subgenre is a very good way of becoming of grabbing an audience with before you even start just because if you're part of that subgenre that this person loves that subgenre of music then they are going to listen to your band just because you're part of that subgenre. You can grab an audience just because you're labeled under that subgenre. Um, especially now, even with the like record stores are a good um, mention because I like going to the metal section of record stores more than I like going to the rock section. Um, they don't really break it up after metal anymore. I don't know if they used to or not. But when it comes to finding out about music, I'm not going to go to the metal subreddit because that's flooded. I go to the metalcore subreddit, the progressive metal subreddit, the deathcore subreddit, because then I'll find bands that I are more so the things that I like. So, yeah. But I mean, as with most things, putting a label on something can actually harm it. For sure. Um. And I kind of mentioned this earlier, but, like, subgenres are a point of contention and, like, can cause a lot of angst in the metal community, especially when a band who has been identified by its fans to be a particular subgenre puts out an album that's no longer indicative of that subgenre. They end up getting a lot of hate. Lot, the fans will just stop listening to that band just because they don't list they don't sound the same as they used to. Yeah. I mean 
two bands that come to mind for me because the personal between or sorry bring me the horizon they started off deathcore they moved into metalcore they were post hardcore now they're more rock alternative rock but when you when they were the deathcore metalcore post hardcore those are all such a similar style of genres that for the most part they kept their fans they did lose some along the way but as soon as they made that jump from post hardcore to what they are now at least in the metal world people t- just are always bashing on bringing me the horizon yet they're one of the they've become way more successful now than they ever were when they were putting out that genre of music and like as an artist do whatever you want to as long as it's aligning to what you want to create if you're swapping genres to try to reach a bigger audience just for the sake of reaching a bigger audience i don't think that's a, that don't, that like that's borderline not okay i don't like, think it'll work out honestly if you're if you're making like tech death and then like you wake up the next day and you're like i want to sound like ariana grande dude go for it but as long as it's that's what you want to do it's just unfortunate to... that a lot of people on the internet might leave some nasty comments about it. And then the other band I would mention that also has strayed from their path, and I'm not talking about straight from the path, I'm talking okay. about the Devil Wears Prada. They started out as metalcore, and they were metalcore for a very long time, a lot of albums. And now I can't really – they could technically be under metalcore, but they sound completely different. And looking – on the Reddit for metalcore, a lot of people are like, no, this isn't for me anymore. They're not metalcore anymore. Like, yada, yada, yada. But they've grown a ton and changed. So, yeah, they're going to change genres with their taste in music personally. But they still get hate from people that used to be huge fans of them just because they're not that genre anymore, you know? It's a dog eat dog world in the metal community. Yeah. Especially amongst metal elitists, but subgenres, I love them and I hate them. I love them because it makes it easy for me to find music from time to time when I want to, which is all the time it seems like. And it makes it makes communities out of people too. You'll have a metalcore community, you'll have a progressive metal community, and having communities is a great thing to have because you'll be in a group that you can talk similar, you can have common things to talk about with people. But at the same time, they can be dangerous, they can cause controversy, they can cause tension. But just remember, all music is subjective. So it doesn't matter what genre it is. If you like it, like that's awesome. If you don't like it, that's also awesome. Jordan and I, we are great friends. We listen to a lot of the same music, but we also have very different opinions on some music. Doesn't mean I like him any less. I think he's wrong, but I don't like him any less. We very violently disagree, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like it's what we it's what we like listening to. Then it's it's okay if if he doesn't like Haken as much as I do. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Even if he hated Haken, also fine. I will say the new Haken song that was released, Prosthetic, was really really good and might be the best song I've ever heard them put out 
And if he really likes Haken, that's also fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just subgenres are a powerful thing, but don't take them too seriously because <laughs> there's no fine line. It's all it's all blurry. That's all I gotta say on that. Any last comments on those subgenres, my friend? Yeah, you can use it as a loose, a very, very, very loose map. But that's all it is. There are no borders in music. Nope. <laughs> Do you have a hot take this week? Hmm. I was going to use the hot take from the last episode, but I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, I don't remember what you said either, or if you even said anything. I want to say I said go listen to the new Igor album. I think you might have. Yeah, go for it. Talk about it. What's the new Igor album? Hot take. So, Igor doesn't fit into any of the subgenres of metal that we just talked about, and I'm not even going to attempt to describe what he fits into, but it's a very eclectic sound. Tons of synths, tons of like heavy guitars, and like tons of other weird instruments. Um, like to give you an idea, he took a piano in, it, in one of his chickens, and he spread feed all over the piano keys, and let the chicken peck at the keys. And then took that recording and turned it into a full song, and it sounded really good. Yeah, I was impressed that he t- let he took what that chicken composed and made it sound freaking beautiful it was awesome but he just dropped a new album um spirituality and distortion took me the first i mean it's such weird music that you're not going to understand it the first listen but it's really really good stuff there's a lot to unpack and a lot to keep listening huge huge fan yeah that album i listened to it as well it was a wild ride there were some songs that I really loved. There were some songs that I really, really disliked. There were some songs in the middle. Um, I would not suggest a, someone that's not quite as much into metal to listen to it. I mean, listen to whatever you want, obviously. But it's going to be... You're probably not going to like it. It's, it's, it's intense. But as, if you are a metalhead, definitely give it a shot because it's it's the one some of the most unique music I've ever listened to. For sure. Um, hot take from me. I think this is what I said last week when our recording failed. I hope I'm not repeating myself from a past episode. But the album Jinx by Crumb. Crumb is like an indie rock, indie pop band. I don't know what you call them. Indie uh, female vocalist. Some very... Uh, what, what am I going to say? Very chill, relaxing style music. Easy to listen to. She's got a great voice. Um, she uses her voice as an instrument that flows along the melody and beats of the song, which I think is awesome. Um, lyrically, I have no idea what she's talking about because I just listen to her voice more as an instrument rather than as a voice. Um, but it's great. It's good. It's super easy to listen to. I Off that album, Jinx, I would recommend the song Ghost Ride. It's what got me into Crumb popped up on my discovered or spotify one week thought it was awesome i've been to a concert now did you did you end up listening to that album at all after i mentioned it last week 
Mm, nope. I'm, I'm never mentioning an album again to you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's just it's something that um, metalheads may or may not like. If you don't like soft music, you might not. But definitely an, a non-metalhead could easily get into it. It's very relaxed, very chill, fun to listen to. Hot take. Hot take. All right. It's been over an hour and 20 minutes. Sorry for the long episode, but I'm also not sorry because there was a lot to say. Thank you again for listening. Please, if you liked it, hated it, wanted to tell your parents about it, want to kill us, any of the above, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would help get our voices to other ears. Maybe you want to do that because you hate somebody and you want them to hear our voice. Maybe you want to do it because you love somebody and you want them to hear our voice. All reasons are good reasons to give a five-star review. That being said, everybody, stay metal and see you next week.